This is episode 50. We've done 50 podcast episodes about an online Madden franchise. Can you believe that? That is just dumb. But it's also very fun. Uh, we really don't have time for this welcome. We got a ton to get to in this podcast. Uh, I don't really have anything special planned for the 50th episode, although we will have a guest and some listener questions, so that's fun. Uh, let's get right to it. Let's get to game recaps. So, uh, I'm not going to cover any recaps from the regular season that I may have missed. Uh, that's ancient history at this point. We're just going to go through the postseason here, uh, starting off with the Patriots at Browns. Uh, of course, the Patriots and Browns in uh, the AFC, the only two user teams in the playoffs. Uh, the Chiefs didn't make it. Maybe we'll look at that a little later. Uh, maybe not. Uh, but Patriots and Browns, uh, Browns won 41-6. I did not see this game, I don't believe. Uh, I did see their game earlier in the regular season, which was only a couple weeks before this. I think it was week 17, actually, uh, which was much closer. Um, and the Patriots had had a pretty good plan, but they, they couldn't generate enough offense and couldn't stay out of their way with turnovers. And that's kind of the problem. Uh, for them trying to beat the Browns. I know there were several turnovers in this divisional round game uh, that were a big problem. The scoop and scores tend to really turn games uh, every bit as much as the pick sixes, maybe even a little more. And I know that happened at least once in this game. So 41-6 Cleveland victory. Of course, this is the same Cleveland team uh, that beat somebody earlier in the season, like 135-6 to or something like that. So very good Cleveland team. Uh, rolling through the postseason here. Uh, and then in the NFC, the Packers beat the Rams and the uh, Panthers beat the Redskins because uh, both of them made the playoffs. Packers made it as the five or six seed as a wild card team. Uh, Panthers had a bye. So then going to the conference championship game, uh, <laughs> the Browns beat the Dolphins 146 to 52. How is there even enough time in a game for that much scoring? Uh, that's insane. Uh, but no need to focus on that anymore. Uh, Packers at Panthers. Uh, big game here. The Panthers had won, I think, three or four in a row over the Packers, uh, including regular season and postseason. And the Packers went into Carolina, and they pulled out a big victory, 31-14. to uh, really pretty much the Packers game uh, from the beginning. And, and they really uh, dominated, ran the ball and threw the ball both effectively. Nothing real spectacular offensively, but played great defense. And, uh, and yeah, took advantage of mistakes later in the game to get the victory. Uh, the interceptions... You know, came late in the game as Carolina was trying to force the ball down the field a little more. Big turning point in this play. I want to say it was sometime in the third quarter uh, with the Packers up 17-14. to 14. No. 24-14, to 14, maybe. Uh, they were up by 10 at, at any rate. 
and the Packers threw the ball on a down when they really didn't need to throw the ball. And Daniel Carter, the rookie, he's been doing this about once a game. Uh, didn't see anywhere to go with the ball, so he just decided to throw it. Just throw it somewhere. Got to throw it. Um, and threw it to the running back. And the safety that was covering him for the Panthers undercut the route, and it hit him directly in the hands, and he dropped it. It would have been a pick six. It would have made it a three-point game with lots and lots of time left. Um, that's a really, really big turning point. Um, you know, you can say, yeah, it didn't end up very close, but sometimes those moments earlier in the game that would have just changed the whole trajectory of the game and how you're playing because you're only down three instead of ten or something like that, uh, those are really important moments. And, and that's too bad for the Panthers because uh, they got great players everywhere and for them to just drop an interception... Uh, it's kind of out of character, um, but Packers closed it out and uh, went to the Super Bowl. So in the Super Bowl, we had the Browns and the Packers, and on Twitter, they're calling this maybe the best Super Bowl ever. I don't know if that's true, but I, I will say the uh, last minute of the game was one of the most action-packed minutes I think I've ever seen. Uh, the way this game went was it was really close all the way through. Uh, back and forth. Uh, I think it went 7 nothing, then 7-7, then 14-7, then 14-14, uh, then 21-14. Um, so I'll just cover what happened at the end of the game, the last two minutes, really. Uh, tied at 14, uh, late in the fourth quarter, under two minutes to go. Uh, the Browns were driving into Packers territory, getting really close to field goal range. And the Packers uh, starting to try some things, try to get a little more aggressive, try to slow down this drive because they didn't want to give up the game-winning field goal with no time left. And the Browns uh, found a break in coverage and got the ball to, I think it was Jarrett Wesley, on a streak down the hash mark. And that gave them the touchdown. Uh, to go up 21-14, and I, th I can't remember how much time was left. Uh, not a whole lot, 29 seconds maybe, somewhere around 30 seconds. Uh, that put the Browns up 21-14, and I believe the Packers had two timeouts. Uh, maybe they had all three. Uh, the Browns, I think, had two timeouts at that point. And so the Browns kicked the ball off to the Packers, and the Packers, with uh, not a lot of time left and a long ways to go, uh, run a, a running back streak pass right up the middle of the field against a quarters defense, and LaRon Harrison barely gets behind the defense. And um, the rookie quarterback, Daniel Carter, you got to give him a lot of credit uh, with somebody right in his face, which he hasn't always done well with during his rookie year. Uh, gets the ball down the field probably right at the edge of his range, uh, and, it, and it clears the defense. LaRon Harrison catches it and, and goes and gets into the end zone. So one play, uh, the Packers get into the end zone with 19 seconds left. So now it's 21-20. The Packers line up for the extra point and then um, take a timeout because they thought about it and decided to go for two and go for the win. Ballsy move by the Packers. Uh, could have backfired, could have gone really poorly, but um, the two-point conversion, the Packers got Diamond Payne in the back of the end zone. He got open, 
They completed it, got the two-point conversion, and took a 22-21 lead with 19 seconds left. Uh, But it wasn't over, and it never is with the Browns, uh, no matter how much time is left. The Packers kicked off and made a little bit of a tactical error, or maybe a strategic error. Uh, I'm not sure which of those words I'm supposed to use sometimes, which one fits the situation better. Anyway, um, they kicked the ball into the end zone, so it was a touchback. If they had kicked it short of the goal line, the Browns would have had to return it, and that would have eaten up four or five seconds off of that 19 seconds, and as long as the Browns didn't break it for a big return, uh, that would have robbed them of some uh, resources. It's a little bit of an error there by the Packers. So the Browns, with their 19 seconds and two timeouts, ran a screen, got a first down, got out of bounds, and then I think the very next play was an out uh, out pattern that they completed, uh, but the receiver fell down catching it, so they had to use one of their timeouts there. Uh, but they got across midfield, so they were getting close to field goal range again, and only being down one, um, a field goal was going to win it for them if they were able to get it. Um, but I believe it was the next play, uh, Overbay was forced to hold the ball a little while, and the Packers got to him, got a sack, put him back on the other side of the 50, and they had to basically go for the Hail Mary, and, and it was picked off by Packers linebacker Trenton Brown on the last play of the game. Seals the game for the Packers. The title is back in title town. Uh, feel really good for some of these veteran Packer players who really came to play and, uh, and made clutch plays throughout the playoffs. Uh, Jalen Alberry, the tight end, made big catches, big uh, conversions on third down for him. Uh, Diamond Payne, who's not a lifer as a Packer, but he's been on that team for five years, had a big play in this game on a fourth down. Uh, Packers were going for it. The Browns brought all-out blitz, and he burned his guy on a slant and scored a touchdown. Big play for Diamond Payne, as well as the two-point conversion. And then Trenton Brown, uh, middle linebacker in the twilight of his career, this may be his last full season with the Packers, uh, got multiple interceptions this postseason, got two in the Super Bowl, including that game-sealing pick. Uh, So that's just a great way for him to kind of close out his Packers career there so congratulations to the Packers and for the Browns fans man this is a tough one I mean this was brutal they thought they had it if you've got the lead with under 30 seconds left you always think you're going to win that game and most of the time you will Um, but I I'm pretty confident the Browns are going to be okay so that covers the postseason recap all right let's cover the development traits and the award winners for this past season. Uh, start with the Packers here. Daniel Carter at quarterback. The rookie won Rookie of the Year uh, for the NFC. Went to X-Factor. He's got a bazooka arm, um, which is interesting because his arm is not the strongest in the league. Uh, he's, he's moved up a little bit. Throw power a 90, so not too bad. Uh, bazooka arm. He's an inside dead eye on, on inside throws, uh, inside the numbers. Uh, perfect accuracy for whatever that's worth. He's a conductor, so he's twice as fast on audibles, which is kind of interesting. And he's clutch uh, in the fourth quarter. In close games, he can get into the zone a little easier. Unless that's good news for the Packers. I think the only other development trait news for the Packers is uh, rookie kicker Queenan. Jeffrey Queenan. Queenan. <laughs> uh, he revealed as a star, so star kicker there. 
I'm uh, not remembering exactly where we left off with some of these, but I believe, I may have covered this, but I'll go over them anyway. Uh, Deacon Davis for the Panthers, the defensive end, went to X-Factor. He's an unstoppable force. He's a 25-year-old uh, defensive end. Got good quickness here. Uh, this guy, I believe, yeah, he's a power rusher. Um, those guys are, are really nice. Uh, yeah, unstoppable force, so he's going to get away from blocks a lot easier. Unfakeable, and he's a power specialist, so extra good power moves, essentially. And uh, defensive tackle Nathan Phelps, I believe uh, he was a rookie revealed as a star. Uh, so good news for the Panthers there. Uh, he'll probably move up in the years to come. Uh, going to the Chiefs, um, strong safety, Raisin Beard. It's actually Ray John, but uh, it was auto-corrected to Raisin one time, and I'm sticking with that because that's just funny. Uh, strong safety, Raisin Beard, gets his first ability, so we'll look at that real quick. Uh, he's a strip specialist, so he... Uh, can still tackle, tackle effectively while trying to strip the football. That's interesting for a safety to have. Uh, that could be kind of fun. Kind of wondering, he's a uh, kind of a bigger, he's a run support strong safety um, and not as fast as we've wanted with safety. So maybe this guy's a Jamal Adams kind of guy that they're going to blitz him a bunch, get him up near the line of scrimmage, let him make tackles and things like that. Uh, so that's exciting for the Chiefs. Um, yeah, let's try to hit all the Chiefs here. Middle linebacker Rayshon Roland uh, went to X-Factor. This guy piles up the tackles, uh, I suspect, because the Chiefs' defense is on the field all the time. Uh, but really good player here. and He's at a 97 overall at this point. Uh, 85 speed, 85 acceleration. I mean, this guy is very quick. Uh, no wonder he's a tackling machine. He can get around the field. Uh, he's a momentum shift. I remember this from when uh, Bobby Wagner had it. Uh, when they entered the zone... All on-field opponents are knocked out of the zone or lose any progress towards entering the zone, uh, which is kind of fun. And he gets that by making hit-stick tackles. If I remember right, he's got to make quite a few, like five or six. He's also a secure tackler and a run-stopper. So a uh, really good player against the run for the Chiefs. And then defensive end, Sherrod Williams to Superstar. Let's look at him real quick. He's a 27-year-old defensive end. Uh, 83 overall at this point. Looks like he's got good quickness. 82 speed, 83 acceleration. Became a Superstar. This is his fourth year in the league. Uh, and he's a goal line stuffer. That's kind of interesting. Uh, defenders with this ability use faster run shed moves for a better chance at shedding blocks within five yards of the goal line. So situational, but useful. That's kind of interesting. Uh, also, the little tag here, his face on that does not match his face at all when you go to the player card, uh, which we've seen a lot of that. That's weird, but and it kind of bothers me, but whatever. Uh, let's look at what's going on with the Patriots. Uh, Mario Kruger, the quarterback that started out not great for them, uh, but they've been working with them for a couple years now. Mario Kruger is up to superstar. This is a 25-year-old quarterback. He's an 82 overall at this point. Big dude, 6'6", 220, uh, 221 to be precise. He's a lofting dead eye, 
and a long-range dead eye. So, yeah, if you're going to have a 6'6 quarterback, you hope he can really launch the football. Now, let's see if we got any other Patriots to talk about. Doesn't look like it. So then, for the Panthers, Kamal Landrum at receiver moves to star, which I could have sworn he was higher than that, but I guess not. Uh, seems like he's been on that team for a really long time. Uh, and then, looks like that's about it. And then for the Browns, a couple of players. Uh, defensively, Rich McCann, the outside linebacker, goes to X-Factor. Uh, what's funny about this is Rich McCann had an X-Factor game, breakout game, during the season met the requirements, but didn't move up to X-Factor. And then at the end of the year, he did. So I don't know if that was just delayed or what, but <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, this guy's got great quickness for a linebacker. 84 speed, 91 acceleration, uh, 81 agility. Uh, he's 28 years old, 90 overall. So this is a little late for a guy to develop like this, but you still like it when it happens. He's a zone hawk, so this is a good coverage linebacker. Uh, he's a better cover guy in zone coverage. He's also a secure tackler and also has the man-up ability where he'll play tighter coverage and man-to-man. So zone and man, that's a good combo to get there. And then wide receiver Chris Chester to X-Factor. Uh, this was a guy I really liked in the draft. The Browns traded for him, so this was his rookie year, and they fed him the ball all year, and he had a huge year. I'm not going to look up the stats, but it, it was outrageous. So we're looking at a 22-year-old receiver that's a 91 overall right now, uh, 93 speed, 92 acceleration, 90 agility, 94 catch, 95 catch in traffic. You get the idea. He's also six foot five uh, and 224 pounds. So his X factor is double me, which uh, I think every Browns receiver has that uh, in perpetuity. He's a post-flag elite and he's a streak specialist. So if that Reminds you of someone who used to play for the Browns. Uh, I would say, yeah, it does me too. Uh, looks like his number is 14. I'm going to guess the Browns changed it to that, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, so that also re kind of reminds you of somebody. Although, why wasn't that number retired? I mean, that number should have been retired for the Browns. Anyway, uh, that covers the development trait news. I'm just going to go straight into the awards uh, and we've got some interesting things to talk about with the awards, and we'll get into it. Uh, but first, I want to just go through all of them. So in the yearly awards, uh, the NFL MVP is Zach Key for the Rams. That is not true. <laughs> so what I'm looking at here, Zach Key is at the top of the list. Uh, but I believe it was Robert Overbay. Uh, but the Browns have released Overbay, so he's currently a free agent. By the way, the Browns have no quarterbacks on her roster at this point. Um, but I guess as a free agent, you uh, don't get on the list as a, as a an award winner if you're a free agent, I guess. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, it was Overbay. Uh, I think we all know that. Uh, and then Coach of the Year, uh, Matt Kurth for the Rams, except now it says Alex Munninger. Uh, of the Browns, 
which it had said earlier in the year, and it went back and forth. So we're going to have to get to the bottom of that. That's super weird. All right, let's get through the other awards uh, very quickly. In the AFC Offensive Player of the Year, Chris Chester, I believe that was also over Bay uh, before he was released, I guess. Defensive Player of the Year, Elijah Warner for the Patriots. Offensive Rookie of the Year, definitely Chris Chester. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, Rashard Collins, the middle linebacker for the Browns. Uh, best quarterback was probably over Bay. Right now it says Mario Kruger. Best running back, Jaden Mooney of the Chiefs. Congratulations there. Uh, that's a good one. I hope he moves up on a development trait there. I, I, I don't know if he did, though. Uh, Chris Chester won best receiver. Best offensive lineman, Damian Irwin of the Browns. Best defensive lineman, Harmon McGriff. For the Patriots, that might have been... No, that's him. Uh, Elijah Warner won best linebacker. Best DB, Charles Barnes. I believe he's the free safety uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And best kicker, no one cares. Uh, in the NFC, best kicker, no one cares. Uh, offensive player of the year, Zach Key of the Rams. Uh, defensive player of the year, Sean Godfrey, the uh, defensive end for the Packers. Offensive rookie of the year, uh, Daniel Carter, quarterback for the Packers. Uh, if Jimmy Griffith is not on the Panthers anymore, okay, he still is. Now I'm all confused on the awards. Uh, I thought Jimmy Griffith may have won Offensive Player of the Year. He did not. Uh, so anyway, moving on. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Anthony Jackson, a defensive end for the Packers. Uh, best quarterback was Jimmy Griffith, even though Zach Key, the quarterback for the Rams, won Offensive Player of the Year. Whatever, man. Uh, maybe I shouldn't even be covering these awards anymore because that's kind of ridiculous. Running back was a Falcon. Uh, best receiver, Kyrie Cooks for the Panthers. Uh, offensive lineman was a Ram. Defensive lineman, Sean Godfrey. Uh, linebacker was a Saint. And best DB of the year. Uh, says Isaiah DeLoach for the Packers. Uh, but I believe it was Benjamin Vaughn for the Panthers, who is now in free agency. So that covers those awards. Those are super confusing. All right. The awards this year have just been funky. They've been a little weird. It's been hard to tell who's winning the awards, specifically the coach of the year. Uh, we thought it was Alex Moniger, then it was Matt Kurth. Now it looks like it might be Alex Moniger again. Um, so Alex Moniger, of course, the sports writers, the, the, the Twitter insiders, rather, knew who the coach of the year was going to be. And they're almost always right on these things. So they leaked it out. But then at the end of the year, when we're looking at awards, Coach of the Year was Matt Kurth. When we had thought it was going to be Alex Moniger, all the Twitter experts were saying it was Alex Moniger. And the Browns finished 14-2, and by far the best record in the NFL, while the Rams were 12-4. and So we don't know who the actual Coach of the Year is. We're going to get into it now. On the phone, we have Joe J. Jones. Uh, executive on the the AP Sports Writers Committee that votes on these awards. Uh, Joe, thank you for joining the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, I just want to start with, I think, the most pertinent, most obvious question. Who was the freaking coach of the year? Well, my understanding was that it was Coach Munninger, but uh, apparently a few of the committee members got some checks from some shady company called shrewdaver.com or something 
And so now it looks like the award, the actual trophy is given to Matt Kurth. So I don't so, know what's to Coach Munninger. So the trophy is going to Matt Kurth of the Rams. That's my understanding. Wow. Well, at least we have some clarity on that. So you said so some committee members changed their vote. Is that what you're implying here? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm implying. It was the thing. We all just got a random letter with a check, and it said, vote Matt Kurth in the memo line. I didn't cash mine, but apparently some others did, and now look where we're And where did you say these checks came from? Shrewdaver.com. Huh. I don't know what that could possibly be. That's got to be some... Yeah, it's got to be some Rams fans or, or maybe somebody um, in Matt Kurth's camp. Uh, this can't be legal. It might need to be checked into. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I, I'm also thinking it might be connected to the eight those Chiefs games. Yeah, we're looking into that. So far, I have not made any connections between awards and the aliens and the games that are being played over and over again. But maybe I need to dig deeper. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I, I don't know where this is going to head, but uh, shady stuff going on, right? Agreed. Agreed. Now, some of the internet rumor had been that Coach Munninger was going to win Coach of the Year, but then it was decided he should not win it because of some sort of scandal uh, behind the scenes with the Browns. I don't know if it involved giving players PEDs or, or something even more serious than that. Is there no truth to those rumors? Well, I can't say there's no truth to the rumors, but I'm not aware of too much. I will say this, it's a little bit shady how quickly Miles Brown was traded right after he let that touchdown go in the Super Bowl to lose Browns. So there may have been some back-end payoffs to some of the players out there, that's for sure. Wow, this is very disturbing stuff. And I got to say, I don't think the AP is handling this very well. Um, Being affected by uh, checks and letters and and being distracted by all the things going on with the Browns, shouldn't the award just go to the coach that does the best job? You would think that, right? But uh, there's a lot of money involved in these things. And uh, yeah, it probably cost Coach Munninger a pretty to be in it. Coach Kurth probably uh, made a little less on that. So who knows? Mm. I had not thought about that. I know Coach Munninger's always very upset when he doesn't win that award, more upset than the other coaches are when they don't win it. I wonder if that is a big escalator in his contract. It seems like it might be. Hmm. That's another thing that we need some of the Twitter geniuses to figure out for us, I guess. Well, I I think we've learned about all we could hope to learn. Uh, is there anything else you can tell us about this controversy uh, in the AP award system? Well, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there sure is some stuff going on around the league that we're trying to tap into. But uh, there seems to be an NFL deep state in play here. And uh, we're, we've got several investigative reporters on this, so we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. 
It may take us about 15 years, but we'll figure it out. Mm, very disturbing, uh, especially if it'll take 15 years to solve something when we only have like four left in the franchise. Um, that's not very encouraging. Uh, well, Joe, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for uh, sort of clearing things up as much as you could and uh, have a good rest of your day. All right. So there you have it. That's the, uh, that's the very disturbing news on the very confusing um, coaching awards for this year. And I got to say the AP is making your average high school newspaper look like Woodward and Bernstein. And finally, to close out this 50th podcast episode, we have listener questions, which is appropriate for our 50th episode because the listeners are what makes this podcast go and they are loyal and they are very, very passionate. Um, And so it's good to hear from them uh, for this episode. Uh, First question is an email sent to us and it is, uh, this is what it says. Hello, Mr. Podcast Host. Uh, you are my favorite podcast host ever. I think uh, you are better than Johnny Carson or anyone else at hosting anything. Well, that's nice. Seems a little uh, overly done, but okay. Um, my question is, uh, after watching the Packers coach uh, brilliantly coach his team to a Super Bowl victory and make the courageous move to go for two and go for the win, and after seeing that he won uh, People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive for the 19th time in a row, I just want to know if you know if he is available. I would very much like to meet him. He seems like my kind of guy. Signed sincerely, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Weird name. Huh. Um, Well, Gal, Miss Gal, Gal, Miss Gadot, um, I believe he is seeing someone. Uh, I don't know that for sure. Uh, but, you know, you might have to contact the Packers organization to find out for sure. But you seem nice. I'm sure uh, you'll be able to find someone who's, you know, good for you. You might need to lower your standards a little bit. Uh, but I'm sure there's someone out there for you. Uh, okay. Uh, in completely unrelated news... Uh, I have a one-sentence movie review. So I saw uh, Wonder Woman 1984, and my review is, it's okay. All right, we have one more listener question. This comes to us from Twitter, from Lucian Lewis. That really sounds like a made-up person. Uh, Lucian asks, This was an incredible and exciting Cinderella run for the Packers to go through Uh, the wild card round, all the way to become Super Bowl champions. They have not, during the course of this franchise, won back-to-back Super Bowls. What do you think their chances are of repeating for the first time? Uh, Well, Lucian, this is a good question. Um, a, A lot of the important pieces of this Packers team are young. They do have some aging people that will be gone soon. Maybe not this year necessarily, but will be gone soon. Diamond Payne uh, it went to free agency, and and they lost uh, defensive end. And then they're aging. Trenton Brown, Josh Darby, uh, key pieces on that defense for a long time, are getting older and regressing. 
Uh, Jalen Albury probably can't play much longer. Um, but overall, I think they're on the rise. Uh, they've made some some changes to their scheme, and it seems to have helped a lot. It's made them a little more unpredictable. Uh, the teams that have been beating them didn't quite know what to do with those changes. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, schemes and strategies, um, you know, they come and go, and you got to have the players that can do them. Um, but I do think uh, the teams that are going to challenge them, I, I think the Panthers are losing a few people in free agency this year. They're going to have to restock, and they're going to have to do it quick. They're still going to be a very, very good team. Um, but I think that's a pretty even matchup there, those two teams. And the Browns currently don't have a quarterback, for one thing. Um, and they're they're losing a few pieces. They're still going to have an outstanding secondary. Um, but I do think the Packers are improving while those other teams are plateauing or maybe looking to reload. Uh, and then as far as the other teams in the AFC, they're not really relevant to this discussion, you know. Uh, that's the Browns conference until somebody else beats them. So, uh, not even going to talk about them, uh, but good, interesting question. And, and yeah, we'll see if the Packers can, uh, repeat. I'd certainly like to see it happen. I know that's a big goal in that organization. Well, that's the podcast for today. Plenty long, but Hey, it was our 50th episode. So we kind of indulged ourselves and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, feel free to give feedback, uh, via the discord channel or text or contact me personally.